On today's show, we recover from the Monday Night Football Lions defeat. We have a few trailers uh, to review. We're also going to review Joker. We have some brand new music for you and a brand new Garmin person of the week. Jacob's research is awful. Picking dodgeball players, I'm picking the kids that can throw the ball. Uh, I just blew LeBron. I don't care what team. Okay. No, it's okay. They did a broadcast this morning and had like one viewer. Good job, guys. Uh, <laughs> that was me again. Sure. Did we ever see a cover of Eddie Murphy's Party All the Time? Well, this is the Lions we're talking about. So anything's possible. Kicker, long snapper. <laughs> Nobody else matters, right, Darren? <laughs> no, that's me. That's me. It's top five time. Top five. Today. Wow. Did you really say that this congeniality is better than the blind side? I, I say she dressed like a hooker. This is at a diner. You know, show some respect, show some class, and just don't be a bunch of dummies. See, I think there are other better gangster movies than Scarface. For God's sakes, look at your goddamn boots. For God's <laughs> sakes, sign the girl roots. Welcome to the ADG Podcast, episode 8 of the ADG Podcast. I'm Darren. And I'm Jacob. We have a great show for you to, uh, to today, uh, this week, I should say. And uh, Jake, before we get into the trailers, the garbage person of the week, and the music, we got to talk sports, and we got to talk those lions. Oh, oh I think you and I are angry. Lions. We're angry. I think we're you know angry what? for different reasons. Last night, if you if <laughs> if you're unaware of it or just didn't care, the Lions played on Monday Night Football. National audience against Green Bay Packers. Game started around eight fifteen, ended a little bit around eleven thirty. Uh, depends on if you're a Packer fan or a Lions fan. You were either pissed off or breathing a, a sigh of relief that the game was over. Obviously, me and Jake were in the pissed off category. Very much so. Um, I, obviously, I was more pissed off last night, but after I slept on it, and, you know, a, you know, a few hours have passed. I'm, I'm, I'm composing myself where I can, I can, I can calmly say that the Lions. Once again, went lion, and once again, they're fans. I'm a fan. Jake's a fan. We all went the same route. Every time a referee, an official calls two crucial, critical penalties against the Lions that led to the Lions losing the game. Now, Jake, you're a fan for a long time, just like me. There's really nothing that we haven't seen that surprises us. Last no. last no. night last night was was something I haven't seen ever. I think in the Lions, uh, uh, as the Lions blew another game where, once again, we 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 said this last week, is that you have to start on time, which they did. First play from scrimmage, we flicker that was beautiful. You, th- you throw throw a bomb down to Ken, uh, Kenny Galladay for a big sixty six yard game. That was beautiful. No, it was great. It was amazing. It was great. That, that, that's 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 the way that you wanted to. Uh, that's the way you start a game. You put the you put the Packers on notice. Like, hey, we're not here to fuck around. We're gonna take it to you, which would make sense. The very next play, Stafford fumbles over his own feet, <laughs> and, and I and I message you right away. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, here we go again. Yeah. It's it, it it's Kansas City all over again. It's Arizona all over again, and so and so what do they do? Third down, uh, uh, miss pass, you know, settle for what three points, and that was the that was the that was what was going on all game long. It was like on repeat. 
Lions in the red zone, three points. Lions in the red zone, three points. You know. You, no, no, you, I get it because it's five no, field goals it, it, the entire game. Five can't field be goals like that. is you not going to beat Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, you it's can't not. you you can't just score three when he can easily go down and score seven, making ridiculous throws to wide receivers who are probably going to be bagging groceries next week. <laughs> they had they had no one there, no Devonte Adams, uh, uh, Marquez uh, Scantling was was injured uh, during the game. Geronimo Allison was was blown apart by a by another bogus call. So they, they he was throwing he was throwing bombs and dimes to what Kirk Lazarus, who yeah exactly. I know right exactly it, who it, but, but yeah first first quarter I thought they played great offensive wise defense where is the pass rush jake there is no pressure on on aaron Rodgers. he could he could be there barbecuing on a hibachi before any time pressure comes in his face yeah detroit doesn't blitz he's the worst blitzing team in the league yeah Uh, with with the talent you have up front you should be you know, rushing more than three guys in your own half of the field. I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, you're, you're playing man ball, but come on now. Like, you need some pressure. It's Aaron Rodgers, damn it. You're going to give him three seconds to throw? Oh. He's going to throw the ball. Yeah, he had going to advance he, the ball. He had like seven seconds. I know. It was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. And so, you know, what are some positive from this game? I'm looking. Was it uh, – Okay, the first quarter offensively that was positive. Well, you know what I think positive? Yeah. The play, the, the play calling on offense was was pretty positive because it wasn't the typical Lions. You, th- I saw them line up with. Um, I found fullback. some things that were. were I know that that were typical Lions, like right. rushing, like rushing twenty one times for fifty six yards. Yes, That's well that. Lions. But they they lined up with a fullback like a run, but they threw. They they put on an option. They just did a lot of things that the Reliance wouldn't do. But as soon as they got punched in the face back, they reverted to the running the ball on first down every time, which is fucking annoying. We all know you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's obvious. Yeah. But not taking chances like they did in the first quarter. No. Just make fucking plays. Mix it up. Make them keep them guessing. No, you're punched in the face. Second half, dead. Yeah. Second half, they only they only yeah. mustered 56 yards of yeah, offense. Yeah, exactly. Fifty-six yards—that's a joke. Oh shit! You, you had you had more yards in that first pass uh, of uh, of the game than you did the all second half. You exactly. you want you, you know what? And then you know the game. Obviously, they, they had some key turnovers. The Packers were trying to lose this game. They oh, were yeah. they were trying to give this game away as much as they could. But the Lions could not capitalize it. The turnover, the interception on the goal line, that was huge. I'm like, okay, score here and the game is over. Exactly. This, they can't. They, they, no. they hurt themselves. That's what happens. It, 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 this happens all the time, Jake. We, well, we see them. They start off hot, you know, score on their first three or four possessions in a row. And then second half, boom. We don't need to score anymore. We'll rely on our defense. Bull well, you can't. Shit. The defense sucks. The defense sucked. This defense is horrible. On and, paper, amazing. On the field, shit. Yeah. The, the, there's just no heart in this defense, you know. And I know Patricia is, uh, you know, comes defensive-minded guy. 
but from what he puts out there, no pressure on the quarterback. I know you, you understand you want to do a man-to-man and cover everything, but then you can't do it against against these top elite quarterbacks who can run the ball. And plus, if you don't get pressure on them, they're just going to wait until someone breaks free from their coverage and, and just dump it off to him. See, another positive thing, I guess, would be uh, pencil head Mumu guy, you know, at his conference after the game said that he's not blaming the referees. They should have done better. Well, no fucking shit. You should have done better. If you've done better, the referees could have tried screwing you more, but you would have had a better, bigger lead. Instead of those five field those, goals, at those, least a touchdown or two would have been Those two calls, yeah, those two balls, if, if the Lions did their part, would not affect the outcome of the game. That's right. Plain and simple. Yeah, it we can not, pick on... We can pick on them when the two bad calls. We can pick on why did the Lions have twelve men on the field and you know on a fourth on a field goal yeah, attempt. Perfect like, example. That's just right? pure. That's that's not executing at all. That's how do right. you not know how many players are on your field? Right, and also you, in the first quarter, the Packers had twelve men on the field and nobody no, called. That. No, Let's just remember that. No, Jake, they didn't have twelve. They had thirteen men on the field. I stopped and counting. You know and no one threw the flag. Thirteen men. I've yeah. I've never seen that in my life, watching the NFL. And I well, know the NFL. Listen, the NFL has an officiate a, a, a referee problem. It's not just happened in the Lions game. Multiple games this year. The, the the referee in this game in this league is horrendous. Yes, like, that's true. But you know what happens is we get every year extra little tiny calls. That make a huge difference in a game. Remember the Dallas game? Yeah. You know, re- remember, um, uh, what's it called? The Seahawks game? Yeah. You know, but, you know, punching the ball out of the end zone. Like they, they, they do things again. Like seems like it's against right. the Lions on a purpose. And it's every yeah. year something. This is going to be one of those games. I'm telling you. But you know what? And I'm I'm not one to shed blame or pass the buck. But you know what? I'm sick of after games like these are these stupid Lions fans. That blame the referees. No, don't blame the no. referee because the referees right. hose every team. Yes, obviously we get more calls against us uh, Just th- true. Than, th- than other teams. But you know what? Make your team score more than uh, more than 20, uh, 22 points. You know, actually score touchdowns, not just field goals. That's right. You remember, just one touchdown makes a huge difference. Not five field. One touchdown. One, one touchdown the whole game. That's not going to beat anyone. I don't That's care right. who you play. You know, it, 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 the, you know, we don't have the Baltimore defense. We don't have the St. Louis Rams uh, or the L.A. Rams defense. We don't have a Pro Bowl caliber defense where we score 22 points and the game is over, pretty much. We don't right. have that. So we have to score. And you know what? I'm sick and tired. Of when everyone says, "Man, Lions got hosed. Lions got hosed. Lions got screwed." Where is where is Patricia? Where is Stafford? Where is the ownership speaking up and says, "You know what? I'm sick and tired of this stuff happening to our team." Take some credibility, you know. Put you know put your balls on the table and say like, "Hey, we're sick and tired of being the league's punching bag," because that's what the Detroit Lions are. It's true, and they are. But the only thing you're going to get out of Stafford, which, again, I have his jersey, so fuck off, um, and pen, pen, pencil head Mumu wearing guy in the organization is no one ever says anything except what's written down, vague yeah. comments of we need to execute, 
need to do better. We're planning for the next year. We, yeah, it's gotta, all the we same shit. Better. We got to coach yeah. better. We got to yeah. better. Okay, this, well, we hear the same shit every time. How about you get angry a little bit because you got fucked? Show us some fire. How about you, show you know, yeah, passion. anything, anything, you know? Yeah, we screwed up a couple plays. You know, we, we got, you know, we, we, we missed a call on having too many people on the field. Yeah, that's on us. Yeah. You know, like, admit some of that shit. Like, it's something, anything. You guys watch the game or do you just watch replays? Like, I don't get yeah. these people. Because see, cause the NFL is so political these days, you can't say nothing, or you're never gonna, or you're never gonna get a call for, from here on out. You know, and and the Tigers being their, being their best to be good little boys. You know, that's why that's why I I can appreciate what they do in New England with Bill Belichick. Just pretty much gives tells everyone to fuck off. You pretty know? much. You know, yeah. we need that because. Not Schwartz, not Caldwell, not Patricia, not Marty Morningweg, not Steve Mariucci. No one who's ever coached the Lions had the balls to say what's really going on. No, none of them have. No one's going to admit what, what no this city have, is, what this football you know? team is. No. And, and, and you know what? That's the problem why people will hate uh, uh, Matthew Stafford. Or he doesn't Pat, say anything. Or, or Pat Stafford, Pat whatever Stafford. you want. You know, and a lot of people were didn't like that cartoon about him uh, that we talked about last week. It's true, man. He, he he doesn't show up in big games. He doesn't get pissed off. I'm sure, yeah, he gets pissed off on the sidelines. But then post-game uh, uh, coverage, yeah, well, we just got to do better. Um, you know? um, um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, like, buddy, like, you're getting paid more than anybody else on this team. Like, show a little bit of leadership, yeah. get pissed off, fire up your players maybe a little bit. And with all the talent that you have, maybe you'll win something. Yeah. You know, trying to get a playoff playoff game here, like that's not much to ask. It's not. You're in the best division in football. Uh, you know, you're, and you're, it looks like you can compete. How about you actually prove it? It's not too much to ask. You're never gonna come on this show so we can talk to you about it. But maybe somebody's listening. Yeah. It's not too much to ask for us to watch this team for years okay. and decades and hope they actually win a playoff game. I'm not even saying uh, NFC Championship. I'm not, I'm not even saying Super Bowl because that's fucking impossible. How about we just have a playoff game? One. One. Yeah. I watched yeah. a New Orleans uh, playoff game way back when. I, I watched it. I watched it get blown out. That was a decent team. Good defense. So yeah. the fuck. You know, and, and the, this was like supposed to be, you know, this was a big statement game for the Lions. National TV Monday night. You know, really put put the team on display you know and, and, and to their credit they started off good i'm like oh, oh no it was a great start yeah. I, I was like oh, okay the obviously this the you had two weeks to prepare for this team two weeks and that's the effort that you give you know they talk about we gotta play a full 60 minutes like why our, our red zone offense is deplorable deplorable not if you're it's, kicking field goals, they're great. Oh, like <laughs> the only time I want to see a kicker Matt on the Prater field. Matt Prater MVP. Yeah. The only time I want to see a kicker on the field is either to tie it or to win it. That's right. the only time I, I want to see him. Fourth and 10 at the 45 uh, yard line. Yeah. But, but, yeah. But obviously, uh, the, 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 what the national media is talking about today is those two uh, calls on, on, um, on Trey Flowers, yeah. uh, which they're right, you watch which, which hands to the face, which he wasn't. He had him around the collar. Last I checked, a collar is not a face. 
right. Or the neck, which is also or or you no, know, he wasn't even grabbing his neck or nothing. Exactly, he was, he was just on the jersey. Whole, he was tugging on the collar of the shirt, and yeah. I I heard on the radio today as I was driving, uh, they they brought up an interesting fact, like would he. Uh, uh, Trey Flowers, who he's done that move. That's his move that he's been doing for years. Yeah. That move, if he was still on New England, does that move get flagged? Oh, hell no. No, of course not. New England. You're kidding. Yeah. So, so 15 minutes of venting about this terrible ass team, you which, know, we love, which we love. It's yeah, we terrible. love, but, the, but but it's it, it doesn't look like they love us back with the performance no. that they uh, they never do. No, so now that now they come home, take on the Vikings and that ferocious defense. Good luck, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, well, this is a must-win game. It's a must-win you lose, you, game. You lose this like, one right off the season. Yeah, you're looking at what two, three, and one. Yeah, your season pretty much done. Yeah, done. But you know, like uh, I, I'm not saying that the division is locked like for green bay the, i i still think this division is open i guess because green bay is going to come back down to earth yeah yeah they started off hot five and one but i don't see i don't see them continuing that hot start oh, they got to come here and play inside yeah later on you know here. what you know what jake and and i i do believe that that game is going to mean something to the lions it, could well, be a it, it always does. It, it, you just wait for that hail mary at the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's gonna it's gonna be a wild card. I it think, is wild card type of game because you know what? It's gonna be an interesting. I'm I'm gonna look at it this way. After all the the people seeing that like how good the Lions can be and how they got hosed like that and how pissed they were, are are they gonna come out angry and more determined and more? Uh, more prone to execute, especially in the red zone, in the in the in the weeks to come. Well, they have to do something. Like we can't drop passes in the end zone. You can't. You really no. can't. You pull Hawk- it into your chest and you yeah. hold on. Your Hawk- life. Yeah, Hawkinson looked like Eric Ebron in the end zone. There. Oh my God! Yeah, one pass. Yeah, one pass. One pass. Let's let's not get over carried no, away. No, but Eric I'm sorry. Ebron. One you're, pass. You're the eighth overall pick. True. The eighth best player taken in the draft catch that ball bring it in your chest and don't drop it that's true but again eric ebron is a bad comparison the guy sucked here hey the guy's a pro bowler okay he pro is. bowler he is hey that's great who who canceled <laughs> who didn't want to go oh man that's awful you know? let's not talk about ebron i guess terrible yeah. all right but yeah there you go yeah. Just venting on this damn team. Hey, you want to vent on another team? There's another football game that you might be mad about. And these guys didn't score any points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about your Sparties? Uh, no, I really don't want to talk about my Sparties. <laughs> oh, man, Wisconsin to get to the cleaners. I thought the Michigan game, the Michigan game was bad against uh, Wisconsin. But holy shit, you guys want to throw, you know, kick, throw anything? There's an end zone you can run into. Anything? No? Holy shit. Zero points. Guys got egged. That's bad. Nothing? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Darren's being the fifth on this game. (laughs) But it's okay. If Michigan did, he'd be like, ah, Harbaugh. ah, Uh, Khakis. Well, Harbaugh is uh, a special breed. Yeah, he's probably going to get fired after this year. 
Oh, next yeah. year. Either way, he's getting fired. He got a tough game going on the road in, uh, against Penn State at night under the lights. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Penn State's not bad. Yeah. Nah, who knows? There you go. There, there's your sports. There's your sports update. Something, yeah. Uh, so speaking of great movies and great documentaries, Whiff is starting up in, in uh, the next 10 days. We are proud and honored to have one of the great filmmakers in the Windsor-Essex region, Mike Evans, join us to talk about his his film, uh, Finding Feather Hat Guy. Mike, welcome to the ADG Podcast. It's great to be here, guys. Really great. Love welcome, welcome. Yes. Thank so, you. So, Mike, tell us what was uh, the reasoning behind making a documentary, uh, documentary on Feather Hat Guy, who is a Windsor pretty much institution. Well, it kind of goes way back. Uh, 2000, early 2000s, I was working downtown. I was just starting to get into uh, video cameras and filmmaking and all that and editing. And I watched Michael Moore's film, Bowling for Columbine. And there's a scene that was filmed at the Windsor Riverfront in that film, and which, which kind of blew my mind. I was always happy whenever I saw a movie that had Windsor in it, you know, a Hollywood film that had Windsor in it. So here's Michael Moore on the riverfront. He's interviewing somebody, talking to them about the differences between Canadian culture and American culture as far as guns are concerned. And who should walk by in the background but <laughs> Feather Hat Guy? He walked by in the background, and ever since that, I was kind of, I was kind of like overly interested in this guy, and I just wanted to track him down and find out his story and um, kind of make friends with him. And so I approached him, and he was a super, still is super nice guy, and we've developed this friendship over fi- 15 years. A plus, and um, I've gone back to him over the years to uh, ask him questions whenever I was downtown. Darren, you know what it's like when you're working yeah. in the news business, you're downtown with a camera, right? And uh, you just keep running into the same people, and so you just ask them the same questions, right? Yes, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And from there, I, I accumulated all this footage 15 years worth of footage of, uh, like I said, going back and forth and seeing them every couple years. Uh, after the Spitfires would win a parade or would win a Memorial Cup, there would be a victory parade on Olet, and I'd, I'd talk to him how he feels about the team winning. Um, you know, I, I'd buy him a coffee, I'd take him to Burger King, I met a lot of his friends, and uh, you know, he's like you said, he's one of those Windsor legends that everybody thinks they know, but right. uh, I, I was determined to get the whole story. Exactly. So you spent, like you said, fifteen years on and off. You know, just creating little snippets of him, your interactions with him. What, what would be the one thing that people wouldn't know about uh, uh, Rock and Ronnie, a.k.a. Feather Hat Guy? Something that people don't know about him? Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's, very, he's actually very, very intelligent. We're talking about a guy here who has managed to become a legend doing nothing more than exercising. Uh, he gets out there and he walks and he has the impression that you see him everywhere all over the place. And it's just right. because he's moving around so much. Yeah. Um, so he's very, he's very fit. He's very intelligent and he can talk to anybody. And that's one of the things that, that I, I admire most about this gentleman is that, uh, he's not afraid of people. He has to get along with people in order to get by because he depends on the kindness of strangers you know, he wakes up with no money in his pocket and he's got to go out and eat. He's got to go out and drink and he's got to go out and kind of take care of himself. Just just using his wits. So yeah. I, I kind of I think that's an interesting thing about him. Right. Uh, Jake, do you have anything to add? Yeah. So 
I, I, I remember um, this character from way back in, in, in the mid to late 90s when I was downtown. But how did he feel about you doing this type of documentary? Yeah, so the first time, well, the first time back in 2004, um, I think he was a little bit standoffish because he didn't know who I was. And after after that first encounter, he he found out that I he, I, he learned pretty quick that I was just a harmless guy who just wanted to have a, a camera. And so after that base introduction, him and I are, are friends. So when I see him now, he's he welcomes me with open arms and he he doesn't give me too much of his time, you know. I and I try not to take too much of his time, but I'll take him and buy him a coffee or, like I said, take him out for something to eat and uh, just ask him a couple questions. And then there's always a point where he says, "Okay, you know, I gotta go. I you know I got something else to do." And I I don't push him, I don't pressure him, and I say, "Okay, well, thank you so much," uh, and and we both kind of go on our go on our merry way. Uh, we're talking about this guy. He. he constantly walks around and, 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 and he said that he he uh he relies on the kindness of strangers to get to get by how much money yeah. would you think that he would make it like a day doing what he does uh, i asked him that question back in 2009 when i followed him around one night and he said at that point he wasn't making that much money so you remember 2008 2009 was kind of a downturn so people didn't have as much spare change to give this guy, but he was he was still making about thirty bucks a day at that point. I imagine that it's gone up because, you know, everybody I know tries to tries to hook him up, and it's just a couple bucks here and a couple bucks there, but it really adds up, you know. Right. Oh, absolutely. Are you uh Are you planning on showing him the movie? Or has he seen the movie yet? Or yeah. So how are you gonna go he, about doing that? He hasn't seen the movie. I I've uh, every, I've told him about it. Um, I want to have him come to the WIF screening, which is happening on November second. Uh, at the Capitol Theater, and and I think that would be amazing if he could come to that screening. As long as you know somebody doesn't have to sit in f- or behind him with his giant massive hat. <laughs> yes, I think that'll be. I think that would be a lot of fun. So I'm going to try to get him in there, and I don't know how he's going to react. Right. Um. I he is well aware that I've been filming him on and off for for many many years, but I don't know how much he he understands filmmaking and whatnot, and I don't go into great lengths to. De- try to describe it to him or anything right yeah no exactly uh he like you said he's kind of like this figure in the downtown windsor area and like downtown uh, is well back then is uh not what it used to be now right so and there's a lot of uh mystique about him you know there's there's superstitions i've heard over the years that if you give him a feather or he gives you one of his feather you get good luck have you heard any of those uh, superstition stories about him? Absolutely, yeah. We we talked about that in the film. If and I had one of my daughters come along with me, and we had an eagle feather, and she gave it to him with the understanding that it would bring her luck, because that is one of those superstitions that I heard going way way back to yeah. the uh, to the early two thousands. That if you give him a feather, it'll bring you luck. So I I didn't I didn't need the luck I gave it to my little girl and she gave it to him so hopefully she's got some good luck coming to her uh, but cool. uh, I I remember the the first time I saw him I, I I felt kind of honored that I was hanging out with this local celebrity type guy yeah. and he took me into his world and he introduced me to all his friends guys like Mark the Card Bevins uh, Mad Dog Kelly uh, a couple a couple other guys that are that are no longer around and it, it gave me a real I felt really cool after that. And then at the end of the night before he took off, he was going to the mission 
before he took off, he said uh, he said that that I made him feel special because he looked like a big shot in front of his friends because there was a guy with a camera there hanging out with him just because <laughs> of who he was. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. We both kind of got this impression that, you know, I felt good about being around him. He felt good about being around me. So that was kind of the beginning of our of our friendship. That's great. Um, w- when you first started uh, doing this, did you have any uh, expectations that that people were going to see this or it was going to be a documentary or eventually get into a, a film festival? Wow. Um, no, not really. I, back in 2004, it was just the, uh, the beginning of YouTube. I wasn't even involved in YouTube back then. I was just kind of taking this footage to have. I've always been kind of into archival film, ar- archival video. You should see some of the stuff that I have in my archives. But no, this, um, I, I don't know what I was thinking, Darren. Um, but later on in 2016, when I was doing some sit-down interviews with him, and I was strapping a GoPro to his his um, his hat to try to get him walking down Olette Avenue with a GoPro on his head. I, I had an idea then that that I could maybe turn this in, combining all the different elements of everything I have. I could turn it into something special. And uh, hopefully, hopefully I've done that. Hopefully um, he he'll see it and he'll get a kick out of it, and you guys will see it and you'll get a kick out of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so so yeah. So November second at the Capitol Theater during uh, during with. That's that's got you got to be proud of that 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 hundreds and hundreds of people uh, maybe more are going to see this. Yeah, I am. I am. I am very proud of it uh, that uh, I get to show it to my kids, get to show it to my my other family members, my wife. I've shown it to a lot of them already, and I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. You know, I was always uh, worried that there'd be too much. There would be negativity associated with it, and you know, right. you can people take cheap shots at uh, at Windsor. But I, I'm not in it for that kind of thing. I'm more of a nostalgia into nostalgia and capturing a moment in history before it's gone forever because, you know, everything comes to an end, right? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, that's true. Now, after it's released and shown in on the second, what are your plans for it? Because, you know, it's a big deal to have it at our festival here. And yeah. uh, what's next for that for your uh-huh. documentary? Yeah, I I made it specifically for for Windsor and Windsorites. I'm billing it as the most Windsor centric film ever made. It's got it's got Windsor people involved, Windsor camera people, all the friends that helped me make it. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Ken Amlin, give a shout yes. out to Hula Dog, uh, give a shout out to Darren DiCarlo. Yeah, oh, um, wow, uh, cheap pop. Yes. <laughs> I got uh, I got you know it's just I just want it to be something that finds finds life maybe online maybe i can stream it i don't have any aspirations to enter it in any other festivals i don't think it would fly in any in any other festival but but we'll see you never know right what with something like this would the windsor essex uh, uh, tourism board be interested in, in, in this film i'm not sure that's a really good question you're gonna have to ask them after they see it i was but, gonna say because hey you want to promote windsor promote this guy promotional yeah, yeah. video <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no, that's a good idea. I'm glad I'm talking to you guys. Oh, glad to have you on. So yeah, we're we'll, we'll definitely going to share whatever you decide to do with it. We're yes. always going to be here to promote the crap out of it online and all of our social media. Exactly. I love yes. the poster, by the way. I really like well, the poster. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ken Amlin did that, and I'm very pleased with it. I got one framed hanging on my wall in my man cave. <laughs> it's beautiful. And I've got uh, a couple more I want to give out too. I'm going to get Rock and Ronnie. I'm going to give uh, Rock and Ronnie, aka Feather Hat Guy, to autograph them as well. So those will be special oh, editions. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, so I just got to find him first. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the whole thing. He's very elusive for uh, for his age. 
Exactly. Yeah, you never know. You can't. He doesn't have a phone. Yeah, um, I don't know where he. I do know where he lives, kind of, but I would be embarrassed to go knock on the door there. Right. So I just have to go downtown and hope that I see him. You know, I've got a, I've got a pretty keen eye when it comes to that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah. we don't all have a lot of time, right? So right. you got to make your moments, and I got to bring the kids with me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's it. So that's great. So that's uh, Finding Feather Hat Guy, the documentary uh, that is the most Windsor 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 documentary you'll ever see. Uh, at at the WIF November 2nd. Mike Evans, thanks for joining us on ADG Podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. That was fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on. That was awesome. Cheers, Jacob. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks Thanks a lot, Mike. I appreciate it. Well, from one great movie to another... Let's t- let's give you let's give you our review on Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix. This movie, I've seen it twice. Jake has seen it twice, and we have a special guest. Mike Evans has joined has decided to join us for this movie review. Mike Evans is back to give us his thoughts on Joaquin uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, starring in Todd Phillips' The Joker. Uh, so, guys, first off, first impressions of the movie. Man, uh, you know what? Nobody walked out of it in my movie theater, so that was good. <laughs> That's always good. Um, from what, <laughs> from what I heard from some of my friends, happened uh, at their screenings. But no, I, I enjoyed it. I think, um, I honestly, and I'm going to start off with a bang here. I think this movie should have been a prequel to Christopher Nolan's The Batman. The first That's an interesting one. take. Yeah. Wow. The way That's it lines everything up. That's that's interesting, and I want to go back and watch Christopher Nolan's The Batman again. You're talking about the one with Heath Ledger, right? Uh, uh, yeah, the one before that. Well, the first. The first oh, okay. Called yeah. Batman. Uh, no, Batman. Oh, that's the, yeah, that was yeah. Batman Begins. Yeah. Yeah. But from that's... from what I remember, that the the Jonathan Nolan one with Heath, Heath Ledger was excellent, and everybody loved his performance. And then he got an Oscar because he he actually passed away before the award. So, in my mind, the uh, Joaquin Phoenix one is a little bit better. Of a, of a film and a performance and I think maybe Ledger got the Oscar because it was more of a lifetime achievement award if that makes sense because he passed away uh, I don't know I don't know it's um, no I think Joaquin Phoenix definitely owns this part I want to see more everyone's telling me there will never be a sequel there will never be a sequel well I've heard <laughs> that before yeah. and uh, I'm hoping that there will be because um, you know we learned from uh, Tony Stark uh, Robert Downey Jr. that everybody's got their price Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure if you if you brought out a truckload of money to Joaquin, he would agree to sign on for a, another trilogy. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, because th- there was another, and, and I went the second time I saw. I went I went to see with uh, two friends, and one who still believed that the Heath Leather Heath Leather uh, Joker was was better than this, and I explained to them. I'm like, okay, but you're comparing that one to a different director, and also it wasn't an origin story. This was this yeah. one was an origin story about how this man went into sheer madness and became the Joker. The Heath Ledger one, he was kind of already established as this yeah. crazy psychopath who was smart. This one was more about this guy. He just wanted to be happy and he wanted to be loved. And when people weren't giving it back to him, he just snapped. So, yeah. and such a real character too. Exactly. Well, and he sure. has it was redeeming... a different universe. That that's that was the thing. This is a different universe from that. Sure. But that's why I like the origin story where it kind of builds everything up and shows the madness, which is a slow build up, but it was excellent, really nicely done. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he was a likable character despite everything, despite the, uh, I think I counted seven or eight people, arguably seven or eight people that he murdered in the film. He was still <laughs> likable. Because yeah. there was that there was that scene where the the, uh, the little person was in the apartment and yeah. he just killed the other the bad clown with the the, the scissors. <laughs> Sorry if this is a spoiler, but um, and he's like, "Can I go?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, you can go." And like, there was so much tension there that I, yeah. I was so caught up in the character. And then when he let that guy go, I was thinking, "Oh my god, okay, I like this guy. I'm on his." <laughs> you know, and he wasn't he wasn't a premeditated madman. You know, no. he um, he loved his mother. He took care of his mother. He just wanted to be loved. He was a clown. I don't know. And, and that that gun, there was one gun in this entire film and compared to every other superhero movie where there's hundreds of them. There was one gun and that gun had more power in this film than a gun that I've seen in any other movie other than, say, Taxi Driver, which this this film kind of parallels. It almost takes yeah. place in the same universe. Exactly. That's the, the, that was one of the first things that I I thought of, you know, during the whole how he was dancing around with the gun and, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's very Travis Bickle esque. Oh, what yeah. He was doing, you know, and then you got De Niro in this movie as well. So that kind of just hammered that home a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Great so, movie. Yeah, I, I thought it was very well done. And obviously, you know, if you're a Joker fan or a superhero fan, but this this wasn't even a superhero. I, I don't uh, I, I don't classify this as a superhero movie because it wasn't. I think it was just, mm -hmm. a, a, yeah, it, it's a movie based off a comic book character. But, you know, mm -hmm. if, if we're talking about pure acting ability, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, without a doubt, is a uh, number one Oscar contender. Oh, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Uh, and we, yeah, we reviewed this trailer, and that's what we said when we reviewed the trailer. Exactly what's going to happen. He's going to have an Oscar for this. I hope so. Yeah, he, he deserves it. I mean, it's it's early, and I haven't seen any of the other movies, of course, but uh, he's got my vote. We do an Oscar pool every year, and I'm not even going to have to see any of the other movies. I'm going to pencil him <laughs> in right now. <laughs> well, see, well, that, that's the thing. That, that You know, there's going to be people that are going to be pulling for him, and then there's going to be other people that think, like, uh, someone like Leonardo DiCaprio is, uh, deserves one for his uh, his part in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which he was right. fantastic in, uh, in as well. Uh, but, but yes, but like going back to it, you know, how they're setting this up for the next Batman, the Batman movie that's uh, going to be coming out in in the next year or two or whenever they decide to do it with Robert yeah. Pattinson. They just yeah. announced yesterday that uh, Zoe Kravitz is going to play Catwoman in this movie. So that's a that's kind oh, of wow. an interesting uh, uh, take on it. That, uh, you know, I, I think they're going for more of an urban vibe Batman <laughs> film. Urban Maybe? vibe. <laughs> I don't know. That's, a, that's yeah. what I think. Like, like is, is this going to be, is this, is this trilogy going to stack up with Nolan? Probably not. No. But just, but, you know, just like, a, but like, if you're a DC uh, executive, you got to be happy right now. With, uh, yeah, remember with, that. With remember the, the, the Nolan film, the Nolan film with Bane in it. Yeah, Dark uh, that was the last one, right? Yeah. yeah, there were so many cool scenes in that film, and it was so well crafted. But if you break it down and you look at it, it the chronology of it didn't make any sense whatsoever. So <laughs> yeah. I just, I think they're getting back down to basic storytelling and, and really good storytelling, and in kind of like the setting of this film, like what was it, the early eighties, late seventies? Late seventies, I want to say, yeah. It looks yeah. amazing. I think. I think that. Yeah, I think they should do that. The original Batman with Jack Nicholson. It was kind of a comic book panel, yeah. weird uh, alternate reality type thing, you know. And 
you know, with all, I don't know. I, I, I really like this one. This is kind of the one that, uh, that I'm rooting for as, as the best uh, incarnation of Joker. And I've seen them all. I've seen, I remember watching Cesar Romero in the, um, yeah. in the back TV series on reruns when I was a kid mm-hmm. and the Mark Hamill sure. Joker. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yep. This one's my favorite. Yes. Like I was telling Jake earlier that every person that plays this iconic role does his own spin on it. Like Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson was different from Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero mm-hmm. was different from Heath Ledger. And, uh, and so on. Mm-hmm. That's that's what tells you how great a character is when different actors from different eras can put their own unique, amazing spin on it. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see um, to see what they do in, in the uh, with this character going forward because there's still exactly. a lot of stuff we don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You know, a lot of stuff like, we don't know. We don't know if he was imagining that that end that end scene. We don't know if he was the whole thing was in his imagination. We we don't know. So you got I'm hooked. I want to see more. Exactly. Oh, for right? sure. Definitely. We might find out. You never know. That's it. We might. Yeah. There you go. The Joker. There, there you go. There's yeah, everybody should go see it. There you go. Two <laughs> thumbs up. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Darren. Let's hit, hit a couple more trailers here uh, to review. Let's start with The Irishman, because I just saw this trailer. And um, Amazing, you sent right? it to me a few weeks ago. Amazing. Yeah, no, it looks interesting. Like, this is, this is going to be a storyline. Like, this is a really oh, yeah. huge movie. Based on the book, I uh, I heard you paint houses. Um, yeah, the, the, the movie, uh, the life story of Frank, uh, the Irishman, Sheeran, uh, uh, starring Robert De Niro is just fantastic and especially what they were doing with uh, making him look younger during his younger years and then as he gets older is is, is quite amazing on, on, on a technical scale. Oh, so yeah, CGI. Be, yeah, very uh, Netflix well, well advanced um, well advanced technology that they're using for this film. Uh, obviously Netflix paid a uh, hundred million dollars for the rights of this movie so hopefully they get that money back in the, and then some obviously yeah, a superstar cast you know de niro pacino pesci harvey Keitel, ray romano pretty much anyone that's been in any mob movie in the last 20 30 years is in this movie and this being done by scorsese the bar is set high you know, oh, for sure. Listen, it looks great. Like it, the trailer itself looked amazing. Like you're just like, right. but I want to watch this now. You know? I know, right? Really pulls I, you in. Exactly. So, like, I don't know exactly if it's going to be released, you know, nationwide, or maybe it's going to start to uh, select select. Uh, yeah, I think it's right, nationwide right for like a week, and then it goes yeah. straight to Netflix. Straight to Netflix. Yeah. So it's going to be awesome to see. Uh, on the big screen, you know, I, I, I was a fan of the book and then I told friends about the book and then they uh, and then they start reading it. So the book has been circulating of uh, people that I know. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it, you know, because yeah, I, I really don't, you know, movies that are based on books. I don't really read the book first, so I really can't compare it to anything. But this one, I've read the book. And so there's a lot of interesting thing that they described in the book that I want to see how they do on the big screen. That's cool. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I can't wait till it comes out. So what are you going to give the trailer out of five? Oh, you know, I'm biased because I, I, I've been waiting uh, for this movie to come out. So I give this a solid five out of five. Nice. Well, I'm going to give it four out of five and I'm definitely going to go see it whenever I can. Probably Netflix. I like the comfort of my own home. So yeah, I'm 100% going to see it as soon as it comes out. And uh, we we will uh, go from there. But yeah, it looks awesome. looks amazing. Cast is great. So yeah, there you go. Can't wait for the Irishman to come out. There you go. And then from the Irishman... <laughs> to the Pulse. Another, another trailer you sent me to look at this week. And I was like, are you serious? What? This is really happening because this just came out. But Dr. Oh, yeah, Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> What Doc, the fuck? Do- Dr. Doolittle meets uh, 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 Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I want to put this microphone through my brain. This was awful. Yeah. Awful. I, I really don't know what they're doing. I, it's called uh, um, The Journey of Dr. Of the, the, the... Some shit like that. Darren, like do we that. need another movie with Robert Downey Jr.? Talking to animals. animals. <laughs> Do we really need a movie like that? That's what over first, CGI'd. And... What was the first movie he talked to animals? Okay, he's been in the Avengers. Come on. Okay, Endgame. We talked to uh, R- Rocket. No, I'm just combining it. People talking animals with Robert Downey Jr. Do, do we really need this combination? Yeah, no, but... <laughs> no, we do not. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, silly, you know, jokes here and there and wisecracks kind of movie. It's going to be, you know, more like Dr. Doolittle meets Ferngully, you know? So you're going to make a half serious uh, talking to animals movie. Looked ridiculous. The trailer mm-hmm. looked ridiculous. Like, I don't want to watch, you know, spoiler alert, watch the trailer, you know, animals <laughs> getting shot out of cannons. Like, it's. Yeah. 1840 like okay no i don't want to watch this going on a trip or a journey whatever i don't care looks ridiculous i don't even know if kids will like this shit it looks strange look at the trailer <laughs> it just looks strange exactly no, give you this know, shit one out of five already i'm not even gonna go five. talking about it <laughs> you know, I, 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 after yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't hate it as much as you do. I think it's an interesting take on a on a well uh, on a well known story. Uh, so I'll, I'll give it a two and a half out of five. Wow. Yeah, so generous. So I'm generous. so generous. I, I, it's no. He Eddie Murphy. down from the Lions review. He's, he's, you know, uh, it, 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 it's no Eddie Murphy. Uh, uh, Doctor oh, Doolittle. That was oh, great. Yeah. That was great. Was it? It was. Oh, really? Was it? <laughs> Okay, we're gonna on. start well, doing old old movie reviews. <laughs> Tune in next week. We're gonna be reviewing Big Mama's House. <laughs> no, the first one was pretty decent. There you go. <laughs> we should do that. We should we should pick a random movie from from the nineties or whatever, and we'll just talk about it. Oh God, uh, I guess. <laughs> coming up next on our movie review, Air Bud. Air Bud. Yeah. So I draw the line on. On leading roles for pets, I yeah. draw the line. No, <laughs> Air Bud World Pup. Oh, stop! There you go. <laughs> You're such a big soccer fan. Uh, uh, I I know we already passed the sports, uh, but Italy won again today, four nothing. But did they advance in the Euro? I think so. so. Poland advanced in the Euro. Oh, look at that! Well, I I think Italy was undefeated. They were like eight and zero. 
Oh, so. okay, good. So they can lose in the first round. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, as long as we show up, as long as you punch your ticket, that's it. That's right. All right, that, that was, that was, that's it for movies. We did a lot. That's good. Yeah. That's some good, that's some good trailers. All right, let's get to some music. Give us our audience a little break from us uh, talking nonstop. So I got an artist, and I sent you the music video so uh, a while ago, so you get an idea of what we're playing today. And our artist for this week comes from Australia. Land down under. I, you always do that. It's hilarious. But then, yeah, we have a lot of Australia, Australian artists for some reason we're, we're, we're that are on this show. I know we are. We're in Canada, but Australia loves us. So That's it. there we are. And her name is Kira Amosa. And she has a brand new single called Undefeated. And if that name sounds familiar to our listeners, especially those who watch The Voice, and especially The Voice Australia, uh, our artist, this week's artist was on The Voice Australia in the auditions portion of it. But she didn't make it on the show, unfortunately. But we love her songs and her singing because she's really, really good. And that's where we're going to feature her. And uh, she does have a lot of musical experience. She's yes. been in plays, performing a lot in her home, uh, home in Australia. And she's a Canberra native. For those Australians that do listen to our show, you know where she's from. So she's, she's been actually performing since she was seven. In musicals, oh. play, and other, other cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's recently released this single that just, you know, been sent to us. And we love it because we listened to it and we played it. And we're going to play it for everybody else. It's called Undefeated. Here's Kira Amosa.
the things that you do and the things that you don't because I won't ever be distracted. I see the way you've been acting to keep your status intact. In this world, you gotta speak up. In this world, you gotta show love. In my world, you gotta show up. Can't be scared of heights cause I'm blowing up. Uh, uh, we going up. We going up. Enough. I work till I win and I lose when I stop I don't need to get naked for validation Like all the photos you like I'm a boss in the making If I want it, I'ma take it Cause I already been through this before Promised myself I wouldn't do no more So it ain't a question If you're trying to test me You ain't gonna last this round All right, guys, that was Kira Amosa, Undefeated. Check out the video. We're going to share it on our socials everywhere. Uh, like, share, comment, subscribe, whatever. Tell her ADG sent you. Because, you know, we uh, promote music. So there's that. There's our there music feature for the week. That's uh, great. Yeah, that's that. So do we, do we have a, uh, a day in history this week? Ah, oh, oh, oh he, he, here's something. On this day, <laughs> Today, nothing. On this day, back in 1860, 11 uh, year old Grace Bedell writes to Abraham Lincoln telling him to grow a beard. And that's how he started growing a beard. Yes, exactly. I know. You're wondering how, how do. How did how did he get that idea to grow a beard? An eleven year old wrote him a letter for him to. Uh, and also in nineteen twenty four, U.S. President Calvin Coolidge declares the Statue of Liberty a national monument. Ever been to New York? Ever seen it? There you go. All right, that's not bad. Uh, he, he, well, uh, I guess they have in sports news on this day. 1933, Philadelphia Eagles played the first NFL game and they lose to the Giants 56 to nothing. Wow. Not bad. And then if you want to, if we're talking about film and movies today, back in 1940, the great dictator, a a satire social commentary film by and starring Charlie Chaplin is released. So there you go. Really uh, interesting uh, events. Uh, I actually, just this past weekend, I did see, uh, it was actually Mike Evan that had an old Charlie Chaplin film on a projector. And it was, it was, it was quite entertaining, quite funny. Hmm. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. So, and I think that's about it for this week. Oh, no, there's, there's one more in television because we like to talk about uh, TV. Uh, back in 1951, I Love Lucy started, uh, uh, starring Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, uh, Arnaz uh, debuts on CBS. So there you go. There we I, go. I Love Lucy. All that and more on this day in history. Awesome. Okay. So I got a top five for us this week. Top five. Top five. All right. 
top five most expensive music videos ever made because <laughs> everybody wants to know. Yeah. Okay. And there's some songs you might know or might not know. You might know. Okay. So number five. And this is one of my favorite songs by this artist. Just because Hode features. Janet Jackson featuring Busta Rhymes. What's it going to be? Really? Yep. $2.4 million. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a good song, though. Yeah. Yeah. Busta kills it. Okay, number four. <laughs> Mariah Carey, Heartbreaker. $2.5 million. Is that the one with, like, Puff Daddy in it? Mm, the remix, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Puff Daddy, number yeah, yeah. three. Puff oh. Daddy song is Victory, $2.7 million. Don't care. It was crap. Yeah, <laughs> where, where the video was better than the song, right? Uh, yes. This, uh, this song wasn't on the radio a lot. Okay, yeah. number two, Madonna, Die Another Day. $6 million. Wow. Wow. Only one song tops that. From June 1995, the history album, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Scream. Yeah, seven seven million dollars. Wow, I, I I thought it was gonna obviously back then. I'm sure it cost. It was pretty. It was pretty expensive. The Thriller, um, uh, music video. Yeah, back like then, a mini movie. back yeah. then was uh, the most expensive video ever ever made. Back then, obviously, but now you're in the '90s. You talk about really big, high budgets for these artists. Yeah. That's, oh, a, that's a trend now. Yeah. yeah. There we go. All right. Let's close this off with uh, my favorite segment. Garbage person of the week. Yes. And this is, this, this is going to get a little international because this goes, it's a little serious topic. And this is why LeBron will never be my, uh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan was able to identify when there's an issue. Your, your job is to do something or nothing or you know have a stance or don't have a stance at all he was very smart person and still is a very smart person his team is not very good that he owns but he's a smart person so as we all know china and hong kong have an international crisis on their hands for those that live under a rock i will explain so there's protests in hong kong about how China deals with Hong Kong, they want rights, things like that. Read on it. I'm not going to explain details, but there's an issue there. Now, recently, uh, a GM from an NBA team put out a tweet that he supports Hong Kong, whatever, whatever. Simple tweet. China, being the communist regime that it is, hosts NBA games and spends a lot of money on the NBA as a league. So what happened, all the advertisers in China pulled out of their preseason games there. And nobody out of the NBA wants to comment on the situation in China. As we all know, everybody has a stance nationally in the U.S. about anything related to anything 
But about the issues in China, there is a ho-hum and nobody says anything. So you, you would think the biggest superstars in the league, the ones that make the most money, that have the most influence, that sell the most product, that are the king, King James, LeBron James, would have a stance, would give his opinion because he doesn't shut up on things, you know, nationwide. You know, he would have an input. No, 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 no. He, he comes out and says stupid shit. Okay? He doesn't have an opinion. And I don't know why he doesn't have, have an opinion. And because he makes hundreds of millions of dollars from the shoes that are made in China, from the brand that he has that's fueled by that system. I understand that. We can come out and say it. I don't have an opinion. They pay me. We're good. It's a business deal. No, he doesn't come out and say that. That I would understand because then we would know where LeBron stands. Cool, whatever. But um, when he is asked to comment, he's trying to find this here. Um, he didn't have anything good to say. So he said, and I quote, because I'm reading this off of his Twitter account, I don't want to get into a verbal feud with Daryl Morey, uh, because this is the guy, the owner that tweeted the, the pro-Hong Kong tweet. I believe he wasn't educated on the situation at hand, and he spoke, which kind of tells me that LeBron has no idea what the hell is going on. Two, he says this. So many people could have been harmed, not only financially, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually. Yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be a lot of negative that comes with that, too. In other words, not even addressing the issues going on overseas, where they have, they make, I think, the NBA may, is going to make about $2.4 billion from being associated with uh, what's happening in China. So, therefore, the money thing... Yeah, that's how you get away with that I'm just saying. But if you come out and say that, I'd be okay with it. But beating around the bush like LeBron, when you don't have a stance and you're not really saying anything, you're just you're just there to be like, eh, it's happening. Uh, yeah, I don't know about this guy. And nothing. Not even saying anything. Kind of makes you someone who's always about something having a stance on everything, not having a stance now makes you look weak. That's, that's LeBron James. Yeah, I'm done. That's, that's, there, that's you okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well done. All said. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, it, it's like if you're a famous athlete, you it's like you're entitled to uh, speak on issues that have no have nothing to do with you. That's what when it goes do. into your pocket, and you don't really exactly. have an opinion. It's like, yeah, exactly. You know, they, yeah, you're you're this well world renowned athlete, and your platform is huge. Uh, so, like, it's not like they, the best opportunity right now since you're LeBron to actually get involved in something positive, and you don't because of money. Yep. Exactly. 
But that was that was that. That was the garbage person of the week. There you, there you go. Uh fun filled show. Lots of movie stuff, lots of music, awesome interview. Yes. Uh, sure. no, no, that, that was good. Uh, so make yeah. sure you uh, check out if you're going to Whiff, check out uh, Find, Finding Feather Hat Guy. Uh, premieres November second at the Capitol Theater in Windsor. Uh, any uh, any information, we'll we'll do our best to put it up on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Uh, you can find the A to G podcast on Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, and any other place where you get your podcasts. Any questions, ideas, or comments, email us at adgpodcast.gmail.com. If you have music you want to play, let send it to us there. Yeah, just, that's just email us. Tell us that we're shit. Whatever. Do it. <laughs> or, or, or tell us that you like the show. Yeah, that's good, too. <laughs> but that's it for Episode 8. I'm Jacob. And I'm Darren. And we are ADG. Peace.